Welcome to the Best Place to Work podcast, where we promise actionable tips from real business leaders on building amazing work cultures. Not tips from Google, but tips from the trenches of real-world businesses just like yours. If you're wondering what the role of artificial intelligence will be in the HR landscape, then you're in luck because Anthony Onesto offers his insights on today's episode. Now, Anthony has scaled multiple teams from 30 up to 2,000 plus employees over his 18-year career in HR and tech startups. So today he talks about how you'll never, ever be able to automate the human side of human resources. So let's jump into the conversation. Well, today on the podcast, I have Anthony Onesto, who has a very interesting background in HR and technology, advising several startups, um, working with growing companies through um, ExoWorks um, as an advisor. Interestingly enough, also an advisor to SmartUp.io, which is a knowledge sharing program. Um, I know that um, knowledge sharing and and training inside of organizations is always a challenge to growing companies. So um, thank you so much for being on the show, Anthony. Sure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah. So I, uh, I guess I'd really like to hear about smart, smartup.io and kind of what problem you guys were looking to tackle and especially as it comes to businesses. Cause I know that that's one thing as companies scale that they need a more advanced, um, training solution, knowledge sharing solution. And I, and I'm curious to hear about that journey. Yeah, well, I think, you know, um, the interesting thing about SmartUp um, is the, the position that we were taking at SmartUp was that an organization had knowledge within it already, right? Like, I think for for decades, you know, I've, I've been a leader in HR uh, for startups and, and large companies. And, and a lot of times when you're sitting in that HR leadership role, there's a certain um, ideology you have around learning and development where you believe the organization needs X, Y, and Z. Um, and you do that through surveys and you talk to managers and you try to figure out, because ultimately with training and development, you want to fill a gap, right? So your organization's here, you need to get to here. And a lot of what we're talking about these days is digital transformation, right? Companies that have done things one way, but now with the digital forces that are happening, we need to fill in that gap. Um, but what were you we thinking at SmartUp was, you know, Content creation is so super difficult for companies of any size, even large companies, because you don't have a huge amount of resources in your HR and your training uh, budgets. And, and in fact, some you know some companies actually cut training budgets. It's the first thing they do when difficult times come, right? Which I think is completely silly. I mean, it's another podcast, by the way, <laughs> another another discussion. But what we were trying to solve at SmartUp was, you know, there is content already within your organization. There's content that your organization has, their subject matter expertise within your organizations. And so what we've been encouraging people over the last, I would say, six to six to eight years um, was to take that, that knowledge that they had and push it externally, right? So we've been saying publish on LinkedIn, get your, you know, thought, your, your subject matter expertise out into the, in, into the workforce. But what was happening is it wasn't bringing it back into the organization, right? So we were saying, hey, be really smart externally, but don't put it internally. And there was pockets of that happening within organizations. You'd find like lunch and learns and things like that, but it wasn't exponential. And so the, the SmartUp was a platform to be able to do that so super easy that instead of you know, pushing your your expertise externally, which again we agree that that makes sense from from a lot of different uh, pr- uh, um, uh, angles. Um, 
you can actually take the knowledge, take your expertise and push it out into the organization in somewhat like a, a Slack type of environment, um, but in a way that was so super easy to do and so engaging from a UX experience on mobile that people would want to go in there and start learning certain things. So that's sort of the, the gap, the, the challenge we were trying to provide. And we were we were also identified that, you know, people within organizations, so there was this typical structure within organizations. So I am chief, you know, something officer or I'm director of, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, but really where the passion comes in and where people get super excited is the stuff that they're doing on the side, right? And so how do we capture some of that really, that, that expertise, that passion that's hidden behind titles and structures, right? There were things that people do that I did as head of HR that you'd be absolutely floored in terms of what I've done that had nothing to do with human resources. So that, those are sort of the two areas and the two opportunities we saw at SmartUp. So I think that's really interesting because I think that's that's a whole ball of wax when it comes to content marketing and it comes to internal training. And it's like the common excuse is like, we don't have enough time. You know, it's like, what do we, yeah. what do we focus on? Interested, I'm interested to hear what you said. You, you said that um, you did so much outside of the HR. What was that comment that you made right at the end there <laughs> or the, the on <laughs> the side? Yeah. yeah, you'd be surprised. Uh, some of the stuff. Yeah. So my, my last year at Razorfish, I actually created uh, a service called Proto, which was a 12 week design thinking uh, in connection to startups for Razorfish. And, and that had nothing to do with human resources. And, you know, you would look at my, my time, idle and say, oh, that, that guy's a human resource guy. And you would never know that for a year I was, you know, we were running a, a separate service that was, uh, that was focused on our, our Razorfish clients and, and taking them through innovation sprints so they can connect better to startups. So it's like that kind of stuff that we would try to unsurface um, within organizations using the, the smarter platform. So what, that, that's an interesting comment because what, you know, you, people didn't know that you were in HR but if you look at, you know, a, a, a company that's growing, maybe they don't have an HR department or they have an HR person that's also doing other things. Where, where do you see the role of HR going, you know, as these different tools are emerging that you're able to get some of the analytics back, some of the more feedback from your team? And, you know, what it, what is that becoming? Because you're kind of talking about, you know, the knowledge sharing turning into outside content, turning into these like sprints where you're doing like design sprints or, you know, developing other tools. I mean, what is that? Sure. It sounds like it's just bleeding into all areas of the organization. Um, you know, where do you see that going, especially like in the mid market? Yeah, I, it's a it's a good question. I mean, I think it's it's always been. HR fundamentally was was to to really interact from a, a human perspective, right? So the whole the whole idea of human resources and the name itself is to is to be more human, right? To to really figure out from a human perspective how do we make organizations run better, right? It wasn't you know it would it would otherwise it would have been called Excel spreadsheet resources or you know like all the so you know and, and HR got bogged down for years in really the tactical HR stuff and I. There's two couple of reasons for that. One, um, I think the tactical stuff is really easy. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you Google search a question and you get an answer back, it's easy, right? Like that's, you know, what's the FMLA rules in New York City? You know, it's a finite answer. But once you start getting into, okay, um, we're, you know, we're a digital agency called Razorfish and we're trying to get more into technology and then really drive into data sciences. How do we attract talent to our organization, which 
has been traditionally creative like that. Now think about that problem and that answer. It's like, that's hard stuff, right? That's hard to come up with. So I think what ha- what's happening is, and there is a solution, uh, you know, amongst the, the thousand things I do, um, we're working on artificial intelligence for human resources. So my, the concept and we're, we're actually originally it was called Sue.ai, but now we're changing the name. And I've, by the way, super happy locked in the co-founders. It's a part-time gig, but it's essentially taking the tactical human resource stuff that bogs us down on a day-to-day basis and automating that, right? So automate all of that stuff, take that excuse away from human resources and they become more strategic to the business. They, they sit in the business meetings and they're more strategic, but they're thinking, thinking of everything from a human perspective like how can we get this client based on putting the right team together for that client how do we use data like I, I you know there's a blog article I wrote on my LinkedIn and I talk about how we have to get you know in HR we have to get geekier right like so we have to use data to really drive the organization now we don't have to get you know don't sit in Excel spreadsheets but figure out you know what what is the best team like what what you know Google's a great example of this it sounds a little cliche but they figured out you know the funniest thing is they use data to find out that if people like each other within a team they work better like hi we've known that for you know 20 years but now that Google says it it's you know now it's bible which is cool um, but that that kind of stuff we need to really get super geekier in HR and 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 you know and at the same time, and I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but we have to get super geekier, but also back to human, back to the human piece where every individual has individual needs, has individual wants. And how do we figure out to, to create custom HR solutions around the individual versus, OK, you're all sort of um, part of the, the one employment group. You're all you all get the same benefits. It's like. That doesn't make sense in today's super customized world. HR is so far behind in these things, and we need to start thinking differently about it. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Waypoint. If you want to get your team aligned and you want to go from herding cats to a well-oiled machine, and if you're sick of the annual review process, then check out Waypoint. It's an elegant tool built for leaders just like you to help you invest in your people and unlock their true potential. Head over to waypointhq.com to learn more. You know, where's the balance there for a a mid-sized company that maybe isn't the Google that doesn't have all these data points or doesn't have all the advancements? I mean, what is, what can they start to do of just looking at, it sounds like you're saying, let's look at what's actually happening and let's recognize patterns and let's have, have a structure to get those patterns and then figure out how we can optimize the organization yeah. People wise, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, you use the data points you have already, right? Even though you're a mid sized company, there are data points. But it's also, you know, if you take more of the IDEO approach to it, it's a design thinking, user centric, right? HR has, has been historically company centric, right? So HR has been formulated, structured to benefit the company and not the people. And we have to take a reverse ideology on that. We have to say, okay, what is the best thing for the employees? And thinking it from an employee centric perspective, and that's everything like from, you know, I talk about it in recruiting where, you know, people walk up into your elevator and walk into your front, you know, like what's that experience like? And is it, is it welcoming to the individual? Like you, yeah, have to start 
thinking about all these things um, from the user, from the human, from the employee perspective, um, and then use the data that's available to you. I mean, there is, you know, there's a lot of software out there for the mid markets, you know, namely, obviously, I'm an advisor, so full disclosure there, but there's software cheap enough out there to get this kind of data. But I always said this, if there's a way where you can mine and it's a little bit big brother, so you got to be careful about email and other things, you can actually get some really interesting data from that. Or just like you said, observe, you know, just if you're a manager, stay super close to, to your small teams. And that's the data, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a, a, a data farm like, like Google or, you know, in dashboards or anything like that. It can be simply just observing how your, you know, your employees are working. And the interesting thing is, you know, in HR, we, and, and there's, you know, I, I, uh, put something on Twitter once, you know, there's too many PhDs. Maybe that's the one you liked. <laughs> there's too many PhDs yeah. <laughs> in, in HR, you know, like we, we spend all this time sort of theorizing about organizations when actually they're, they're existing already. They're organic. There are things that, you know, so look at what's happening in the organization already. Look how, you know, how are you successful in one area and not another and try to replicate some of that stuff. So it already exists. Just, just like you said, observe a little bit more if you don't have all these data points like a Google. Yeah, I think the PhD comment is interesting, and I, I'm pretty sure that is one that I liked. And I, you know, I replied to you, and I was like, "Hey, let's talk about this some more." But it, it's interesting because you know you have these big companies or these these HR um, specialists and PhDs that say you should do this, you should do that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what is the practical application of that, and what what does that actually look like, right? And what I'm hearing you say is it's yeah. it's it's fluid. It's it's going with what you have. And it's, it's understanding what data points are out there, but what, so where does, where does AI come into that? I mean, you're, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth, right? You're saying geeky, personal, (laughs) but, (laughs) but at at one point it, 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 does it really come down to the fact that the, the human capital is really going to be the scarce resource, right? I mean, that, that is attracting the best talent is, is the key differentiator, um, that that's kind of what what I've heard from from people, and that's really the end goal, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, I I think you know AI is going to have a huge disruption on the workforce. It just is. Like there are very tactical things that people are doing today that AI is it's going to take over. Like I listen, you know, there's there's two two areas of, of philosophy you can you can subscribe to here. One is like you AI is not going to do anything. It's completely terrible and it's never going to do anything, or it's going to destroy the world and we're going to be in, you know, Terminator uh, salvation. Um, or you can take a mid road and say, you know what, some of the really crappy stuff that when you get home on a Friday uh, after work and you're like, Jesus, if I could just outsource 40% of this, that's the stuff AI is going to hit first, right? That's first phase. But the thing is, it's so, it, 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 I think it's advancing so greatly than any other like mobile applications, the web, the internet took a little, little while mobile applications took a little while. I think AI, once they get it right, it's going to, it's going to permeate through organizations and it's going to displace people and it's going to be better. Like, you know, there's a guy, Andrew McAfee, um, he's an MIT guy and he wrote the book second machine age. Uh, and I think there was another one uh, race with the machines was the first one. We had him speak at Razorfish. Um, and he talks about, you know, professors grading papers, right? So when you, when you think about a recruiter looking at resumes, tell me, you, you know, like, well, just easy question. 
Recruiter's looking at 100 resumes. By the 15th resume, the recruiter is, is exhausted, right? Like it's just you're going through all these resumes and maybe you miss something really unique about the individual on number 16. A machine can bang through 10, 100 of those and it does not get tired with each one. In fact, at the 100th one, it's as equally as, as it's probably better at the 100th. Because it's learning. Um, now, listen, everyone's talking. There's a great book, you know, the Weapons of Math Destruction, where, you know, algorithms. And we know, listen, if you want white males from uh, Harvard and you put that into the algorithm, you're only going to get white males from Harvard. So we understand there are, there are capability issues. But I think it, you cannot put your head in the sand. If you're an HR leader, like I, I was talking to someone at Mercer the other day and they talked about AI. It's a hot topic with CEOs and HR leaders are, you know, they're basically throwing their hands up going, we don't know anything about it. Unacceptable. Like you have to learn. You, you don't have to write algorithms. You don't have to be a deep learning uh, machine, uh, machine learning data scientist, but you have to know how this is going to apply in your organization. You know, driverless cars completely going to disrupt the Uber, you know, all this sort of stuff. So you can't put your head in the sand on these things. You got to know what's going on. So how does how does a company get? I mean, how do you get started on like kind of a primer on that? I mean, how do you come up to speed on on tools that are out there? I mean, how do you start to think about that stuff? Because it sounds like that the natural reaction is like you hear about it in the news. Okay, whatever. That's either really far off, like like you said, or it's not going to matter. So you kind of just go business as usual, or just put your head down. But you're saying, okay, no, you need to be aware of this. What what are the what's the tactics to do that, Anthony? I mean, what do you? Well, I you know I'm the kind of guy that likes you know I, I'm not a huge I, I don't like reading 30 page excerpts um, on this stuff. Like and you know I'm bored at, at page three. It's just sort of you know the way I'm middle class kid from New York. So um, you know I like doing stuff. Like so. I saw the opportunity from an AI perspective in human resources, and I what did I do? I, I went down the road of creating an HR AI bot, right? So I, I knew that there was something I wanted to solve, right? So same as Travis from Uber, right? He went on to the corner, couldn't get a cab, and he created Uber. Now, I'm not saying what I'm creating is Uber, but it's it's that sort of like just do things. Um, reading is great. There's a great company called Fast Forward Labs started by Hillary Mason. Um, Hillary is super awesome because what she does is take very technical uh, data science, machine learning theories and ideas and brings it super down low into um, – do very reasonable commonplace kind of things. So she is super awesome at doing that kind of stuff. And and I would, you know, they have a newsletter. So look at some of these companies that are doing different things and work with those newsletters and, and look for, you know, opportunities to learn from there. Cool. No, I think that's, that's wise advice. So along with that though, the, the more things like AI start to infiltrate organizations, where does the secret sauce come in for the human side of things, right? It, my speculation is it's more on the soft skills. It's more on the, the figuring out the people that like each other, work well together. It's the things that maybe the machines can't do that, that only humans can do. So how do you screen for that? And then how do you actually – how do you build up you know, like um, training around that? How do, you, how do you support your team to get better at those things? That only they can do. Yeah, good question. Sorry about that. I was uh, I was getting uh, interrupted there. Um, so good, good question. I mean, I think you know, it's um, yeah, I don't have an answer. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's uh, listen. I think there are some basic steps, right? So you know, it's it's. I think once. 
we start taking the tactical work away. Because I think when, right now we're, you know, everyone is super busy because the tactical pieces of, of these jobs are, are taken over. I think what happens is once you start removing some of that stuff, you automatically have time to return to the human piece, right? And so it's about connecting to folks. It's about having conversation, the ability to look folks in the eye. If you're a manager, right, you know, this is where a lot of HR software goes off, right? So they're trying to replicate that relationship. You know, so there's software to like, hey, you know, check in with your team members. No, that's not that's never going to replace and none of the AI is going to ever replace that one on one with the manager. Maybe AI will say, you know what, actually today at two o'clock is the best time because this is typically when Anthony takes the best feedback. Maybe that when I talk about getting geekier, that's what I mean. Like like instead of just coming in on a Thursday and saying every random Thursday we're going to have a one on one, maybe there's certain parts of the day that Anthony gets feedback better or whatever it is like that's the super geeky stuff that we need to start thinking about. And you can pull from emails and understand tonality and other things, right? So again, a little big brother us, but you can do some of that stuff. So I think it's, it allow us to be smarter in terms of how we manage people, but the one-on-one it's to me the the, the easiest thing is to follow if you're familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Vayner media, super social media guy. He talks about intent. I think if you have the intent the right intent, like my my intent is to make sure that you're getting better at what you do, or my intent is to care about people. I think if you start with that, that it doesn't matter what, you know, if you use the ambassador index or you do the nine box thing. I mean, there's so many of these, these, it's crazy. Like how many, like, <laughs> let's do a nine box. It's like, First of all, like where did, where else in the world does a nine box exist? Like, you know, do you put your kids in a nine? Like, oh, yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> Frank, Frankie's really smart, but I don't know if he has potential. It's just like the most silliest thing that we do. Like, just get back to the just conversation. Just have a conversation. Find out what their hopes and dreams are. Like, I, I, I think we over this is why I say there's too many PhDs in HR. Like we overanalyze these things. I think we can listen. There's some things that are good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not completely uh, bad bashing, uh, you know, 30 years of human resources, but who am I to do that? Um, but I think there's, you know, basic conversations that we can get to and, and just, just intent is such a huge thing for me. No, I, I could not agree with you more. I think it, that is the key differentiator is that relatedness. You know, there's a guy that I I've done a lot of reading on Edward Desi who talks about the three, like first principles of, um, fostering intrinsic motivation. He talks about autonomy um, so people need to feel autonomous in their role. Um, so have some level of autonomy. They they need to be competent, feel or like at least feel like they're um, going up in competence. So they're getting more and more competent in their role. And then relatedness, yeah. so that their team around them, their manager and their team members actually cares about them. And then when cool. those three things are actually like in concert and and doing well, then that person is going to be motivated and 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 productive. And and I think that that is you know really the one on one is about the relatedness piece, but then making sure that those other two are in check. You know what I mean? It's, it's understanding yeah. the competence level, how are you feeling, the autonomous, but that it all comes back to that. And that, to your point, that can't be easily replicated, even though people try to do that with tech. It, it never will be like, there, let's just call it like I listen, I, you know, I say never. And then two years, you know, it's replicated. Um, but I'm going to call it never like you're never going to replace that human to human interaction. And I think, you know, I think oftentimes we get bogged down in, in 
in the how and not in the why, right? So the how is, okay, you know, where's Anthony on the nine box? We have to put him on the 10 box. He's over here in the corner box. There's like too many, first of all, too many boxes. And then you have like a bastard index, which again is interesting. It tells you intrinsically what are your motivators or your creative innovator, right? I think there's important stuff to know. But then at the end of the day, it's like, you know, like you said, the three principles, if it's super easy to follow and you have good intent, if your intent is always, like I said, if it's an employee centric position, then you'll always do right by the employee. And that could mean, by the way, there was a, there was a, a guy that worked for me years ago at, 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 um, at uh, Fresh Direct and super, super awesome guy. But he just like we were a crazy environment. And he wasn't the right guy. And so. We had, you know, it wasn't a performance review meeting. It was like, how do I help you find a job somewhere else to really utilize what your experiences are? And now he's like head of HR for this other company. Like, and he thanked me the other day. You know, he's like, thank you for supporting me, teaching me, but also realizing that, you know, I hit my potential in the organization. So it's, if you care, you know, if you take that, that, that employee first centric uh, approach, it, you know, having him out of the organization and someone new benefited the company, right? But it also benefited him. So, um, so yeah, I don't think it'll ever be replaced. It's too, it's, it's too human. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it all comes down to intent, you know, and that's how it played out with that, that guy you're talking it's about. So. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk, he talks about it all the time and I loved it. You know, he, you know, he, Gary has a way of boiling things down really well and, and intent was a good one. We'll have to link that one up in the show notes. So, Yeah, good idea. I love Gary. So well, well, put my name next to Gary anytime you want. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Well, thanks so much for your time, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's been, uh, it's been great. Thanks so much for listening. If you found the show valuable, please give us some love on iTunes. But if there's any reason that you would rate us less than five stars, please let me know. Shoot me a note at mike at bestplacetoworkpodcast.com. 